and welcome to the pilot of my podcast, Apex University, or Apex U with Irene Sue. I hope you like that rhyme because I'm actually quite proud of it. This podcast has been months in the making, and we'll talk about why that's so ironic a little bit later. But right now, I want to debrief what we're talking about today. So I feel like the pilot is a good space to talk about how I got into Formula One, how I got into content creation, and why I'm so passionate about supporting women within the Formula One community. In the grand scheme of things, I really want this to be a space about learning and growing together, but I also think that this is going to be a really good spot to be doing race recaps and debriefs because I'll typically only do that for about a minute on TikTok, but here we have the space to be doing in-depth debriefs about what happened over the past week. So even though I have this general idea of what I want this podcast to be, we'll see what happens in a couple months time because I'm so sure that something is going to change and it will be completely different. Now that we have our little debrief handled, let's talk about how I got into Formula One. So I have a friend who started watching when she was 10 years old. So it's been about 12 years since she started watching Formula One and she made that her personality. When we were RAs together, she made Formula One her floor theme. So everybody's door tag was a different car and it was so cute. And she spent months trying to convince me to watch a race with her and I was like, oh, I'm too busy, whatever. But by fall, our junior year of college, she finally convinced me to watch a race. And I think my first race was either Interlagos or Mexico 2021. But maybe not because it was a morning race and I'm pretty sure that those races are 3pm on the East Coast. And I remember it being a morning race so clearly because she asked if she should bring a bottle of wine and I was like, it is way too early for any type of wine to be happening right now. So we're watching the race and I am confused out of my mind. I didn't know anybody's names, and I was super confused by the time intervals. So even though she was trying to explain everything to me, nothing was sticking. It was in one ear and out the other. And because I was so confused by this race that I had watched, I didn't watch another race until 2022. My friend had told me to start watching DTS, but I just didn't. I felt like I didn't have the time because it was the middle of the school year. I don't know, I just wasn't really into the whole idea of watching Draft to Survive. So then Abu Dhabi 2021 rolls around, and I'm in the RA office, minding my business, and doing my office hours, and she is freaking out. She runs into the RA office with her laptop, she's pulling up the highlights, and she's like, you have to watch this right now. And I'm like, alright, whatever you say, and I sit there, and she's trying to explain everything to me as the highlights are going, and I have to be so honest with you, I blacked out. I was so confused that I have no recollection of what she told me that night. It was one of those things where nothing in the world could have given me context for Abu Dhabi 2021. It's not like Drive to Survive could ever give context for what happened that night, but she was doing her best and I just did not have the brain power to understand what was happening. Obviously, all of that happens winter of 2021. And I did not start watching DTS until I want to say like February of 2022. And the only reason I started that is because I overheard my roommate watching DTS. And I remember texting her like, hey, are you watching this right now? Like I could hear the cars zooming. And she was like, yeah, I'm watching it with my mom. We're keeping up with it together. And I was like, okay, this is a sign. I need to start watching Drive to Survive myself. After watching Drive to Survive, I started getting into Formula One myself and I started watching qualifying and races 
but I wasn't a super dedicated fan because I missed a couple of races. Actually, I take that back. I think I would be a pretty dedicated fan because there was one point. I think I was watching Baku. It must have been because it was mid-April 2021. And I was trying to watch Baku in a hospital because I had just gotten into a car accident. And mind you, like, it was nothing crazy. I had a mild concussion and we were really in the hospital just to make sure everything was okay. But I tried watching Baku in the hospital and then again in my dorm after I got home from the car accident. But I fell asleep because I had a, I mean, I obviously had a pretty rough night that night. And Baku was like 1am on the east coast. So I was trying to watch Baku live and then I was trying to restream again after I got home. So it must have been like 3, 4am when I was trying again. And if that's not dedication, I'm not sure what is. But sometime between me getting in that car accident and summer break, I had gotten really into Formula One. And then Oscar's tweet towards Alpine was it for me. I was like, this is my personality now. I will not talk about anything else. And it got so bad that I actually tried convincing my friends to start a podcast with me because I was like, we talk about Formula One all the time anyway, it'll be easy, it'll be like 45 minutes a week that we do what we already do and we could have a podcast together, it'd be so great. But considering this is my first podcast I've ever filmed, we can see how those conversations went. So it's fall 2022 when I try convincing my friends to start a podcast that did not go the way I wanted it to. And then it's December 2022 when I decide to start taking content creation seriously again. And I say again because there was a point, these are dark, dark times, there was a point in 2020 when I did take content creation seriously, but I was making Harry Styles tattoo inspiration. And it didn't take me long to figure out that TikTok wants consistent posts and I was not creative enough to be consistently making Harry Styles tattoo inspiration. So I stopped, but those videos, most of them are still up. So if you scroll all the way down on my page, you can see me with split dye hair making Harry Styles tattoo inspiration TikToks. But the whole reason I got back into making content again was because of Alex Earl, and that sounds crazy, but I saw her making Get Ready With Me videos, and I was like, what is stopping me from doing that myself? So I ended up realizing that the only thing stopping me from making Get Ready With Me is myself was my own fear of being cringy. And then I realized that no matter what, I'm gonna look back at myself in five years time and think that I'm cringy. And that's fine because that means I've grown. And after that realization, I made a pact with myself in December, 2022, that I would make Get Ready With Me videos every single day for a year just to see where it would get me in a year's time. And for the first couple of weeks, I would be talking about whatever had happened to me the day previously and it wasn't interesting. And then I stumbled across talking about Drive to Survive, and that's when I realized that I could talk about Formula One for a really long time. And it's ironic that it took me so long to get to that point, because I did want to start a podcast about Formula One. I just couldn't put two and two together. And obviously, I have since stopped doing Get Ready With Me videos because I was chronically late to class. And I think it's even more ironic that it took me so long to film this pilot of my podcast because, well, one, I wanted to do this for a very long time, and two, the reason that I didn't film this is because I was afraid of being cringy, but the whole reason that I started TikTok was because I knew, no matter what, I'm gonna look back at myself and be like, ugh, well, why did I do that? I'm actually shocked that it took me this long, because I planted the seed in my own head 10 months ago. I started making podcast names May 10th, I have it in my little Formula One journal, 
and I made the podcast cover like late June. So it's crazy that it took me so long to finally just get over my own fears. But now that we've talked about my own history with Formula One and content creation, let's talk about why I'm so passionate about supporting women within the Formula One community. But to talk about that, I also need to talk about fandom culture, my own experiences in fandom culture, and how Formula One could be greater than any fandom I've ever seen before. I'll explain why in a moment. When I was in middle school and high school, I was part of the Marvel and One Direction fandoms. I don't think the One Direction one is surprising in any capacity considering what I first started making TikToks about. But something that I noticed while I was in those fandoms was the ability for people to turn their passions into jobs and commissions that could support them. And there have been really famous works that originated from fandom culture. Like, I'm pretty sure Twilight came from Harry Potter fanfiction. And now it's like this multi-million, maybe even multi-billion dollar franchise with its own fanfiction. And then a pretty recent one was After. And whether or not that's like a good example is up for debate, but it has its own movies now, so that's something. But where these fandoms fall short and where Formula One can pick things up is the ability to get women into STEM. Because previously, fandoms only had the ability to bring in creative work like writing and artwork whatnot. Like, it's not like you can listen to One Direction and be like, yeah, I want to study aerodynamics because of One Direction. Like, maybe Marvel you can look at and be like, oh yeah, like I want to start studying quantum space. I don't even know if quantum space is like a real thing because I haven't taken a STEM class in like, well, I, I took STEM, no I didn't. I took a biomimicry class my senior year of college, but I don't think that's really a STEM class. Either way, Formula One can get you into STEM through fandoms, which is pretty unheard of in my opinion. Not only that, you can actually work for and with the people you admire. Like we can't work for Stark Industries, but you could work for Mercedes or Red Bull or Formula One if you wanted to. And nobody's getting kidnapped by One Direction anytime soon. Anyways, I think it's really powerful to have your dreams so close to your fingertips and we can see people who have been in similar positions to us and achieve their dreams. Like it's crazy seeing photos of George Russell just admiring Lewis Hamilton from afar and now they're teammates. Like it's very possible to move from fan to coworker within the Formula One space that I haven't seen in fandoms that I've been a part of before. And I talk about this because I feel like fandoms are very woman-dominated space. Like typically when you think of fandoms, you think of teenage girls. And I think it's also important to be supporting women who are in male-dominated spaces. Formula One has this really interesting dynamic, I'll say, because of Drive to Survive and how Drive to Survive has really undermined fandoms and womanhood within Formula One. As problematic as Drive to Survive can be, I will always love it because of how accessible it made Formula One. And Formula One is a notoriously inaccessible sport and it has a huge learning curve. But because of this show, now women are called DTS fans if they don't meet the standards of like, what a real fan knows. And that criteria differs from person to person. And I know when I first started making Formula One content, I was really afraid of those DTS fan comments or being undermined because of what I knew about the sport. When I knew I really wanted my content to be about learning together, and I was really afraid of sharing my opinion at first, and all of my content was really fact-based so that nobody could be like, 
uh, you don't know anything. And there are so many women who have reached out to me, either in my DMs or in my comments, who are afraid of the same thing, and they're afraid of the hate that they might get of being called a DTS fan and whatever, and I feel like those concerns are really valid. For one, we'll see women who post something and just get so much hate and even death threats no matter what they post. Like they could be posting fun and silly content that isn't harming anybody or super informative content and no matter what, they'll be getting hate. And they'll be told things like, oh, like you don't know anything about this sport, you're only liking this sport because of Drive to Survive and whatever. And it's not just online that women face this kind of hate, they'll see it at Grand Prix too, which is insane to me. I've seen people talk about how they went to a Grand Prix and somebody walks up to them and they're like, you're only here because you think the drivers are hot or like, did your boyfriend drag you here? Who says that type of thing to another person? Like, what did this random woman at the Grand Prix do to you that you're like, oh, I'm gonna go up to you and say the most random, hateful thing I can think of? Like, oh, there's no way a woman could like a sport. But it's also like, why do you care why somebody is in the same community as you if they're not hurting anybody? Like, if I'm here because I think that Carlos Sainz is the hottest man I have ever laid my eyes on, then so be it. You could ignore me or block me. Like, nobody's hurting anybody else, so why do you care so much? I also think these drivers and personnel who are making multi-million dollars a year don't really care if I'm eyeing them the wrong way. And they consent to it as well, like Ferrari's posting thirst traps all the time. They are playing into what they perceive to be the female gaze. And obviously it's very different if somebody harasses the drivers and personnel. And it's not just women who do that. I have seen young men and men harass drivers for autographs and whatnot, like photos. So it's not an issue that only happens with women within the Formula One community and within fandoms. When people call women DTS fans or say, oh, you're only here because your boyfriend's here, whatever, like it just rubs me the wrong way always. And it just sucks so much because Formula One has this amazing potential to get women to not just love the sport, but to work for it. And the community just fumbles that sometimes. I think the only thing that should stop somebody from reaching their potential to work in a sport or to create content should be themselves. And that sounds kind of awful, but I just mean like the fear of their own cringe. It shouldn't be some nameless Twitter user that stops a woman from reaching her fullest potential in motorsport, if that's what it is. And especially because Formula One has been growing so much over the past couple of years, there is room for everybody. So I will always be supporting women within the Formula One community, especially if they decide to be engineers or strategists or drivers or content creators or journalists or whatever it is within the community, I will always be in that woman's corner. With all that being said, that is enough for me. You will probably hear from me again next week. We'll see what happens. But you will definitely see me on TikTok well before then because I post every single day. All right, besties. I'll see you around.